So welcome to message number three in our series here, Life Coach, Trusted Truths from a Trusted Mentor, Timeless Truths from a Trusted Mentor. So the great thing is you have a mentor. We've been learning this, right? And his name is who? The Apostle Paul. That's our mentor. And he, there are like 15 different mentoring lessons that he gives for us in the book of 2 Timothy, the last letter that Paul penned, 2 Timothy. And all of these lessons, yes, they were originally given to Timothy, but all of them are applicable to us. And so this morning, we come to the third uh, life coach lesson, and it's summed up in these five words, courageously testify about our Lord. Can we say that together? Courageously testify about our Lord. So, let me ask you a, a question here. Scale one to ten, one being low, ten being high. How courageous of a testifier are you about Jesus when you're around those who don't know Jesus? You know, how, how courageous are you when it comes to testifying about Jesus when you're around your neighbors or coworkers who don't know Christ, when you're around People in general who don't know Jesus, family members who don't know Christ, how courageous are you? You see, Paul knew that if Timothy was going to be effective as a pastor, and Paul knew that if we're going to be effective as Christians, the level of our courage when it comes to testifying needs to rise higher. Hmm. Now, all of us know we're called to testify about Jesus. In your, in your outlines, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. The, you will be my witnesses. That, that's testifier. And we also know, as Christians, that not only are we called to witness and testify, but we're also called to witness and testify, watch this, boldly courageously. And this is seen all through Scripture in 2 Corinthians 3.12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Question, are you very bold or are you mildly bold? See, you're, you're, you're being mentored right now. And the Apostle Paul, in the last letter he wrote, he's writing down these lessons for you, these life coach lessons. And this one's about your courage as a Christian. I mean, wouldn't it be great to be like James and John and to have their boldness? In Acts 4.13, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus when they saw the courage of Peter and John. You know, their prayer, Peter and John's prayer in Acts 4.29 was, Lord, enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness, great boldness. And then when they did speak the word with great boldness, the authority said, you must stop filling Jerusalem with your teaching." Stop teaching in the name of Jesus. And remember, Peter and John said in Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than man. Do with us, what, do whatever you want to us. What boldness. Wouldn't it be great to have the boldness, the courage of the Apostle Paul? I'd love to have that kind of boldness. Paul's prayer in Ephesians 6.19, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given 
me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Wow. Fearlessly make known? Think about your work settings with coworkers and people, writing BARTs, making sales deals in meetings. Watch this. This is what your mentor is saying to you today. If you want to be effective as a Christian, your boldness, your courage needs to be elevated. This is the third thing Paul is mentoring Timothy and us with. It's all about courage. In Acts 26, verses 24 to 29, I believe this is one of the most courageous moments in the New Testament. Here we see the Apostle Paul, he's on trial. And he's before King Agrippa. He's at Caesarea Maritime. Some of you have been with me there, and you've seen that theater. And Paul is literally testifying before hundreds. And Festus, in the middle of Paul's testimony, says, Paul, your great learning is driving you mad. And Paul said, I am not mad. I am not crazy. King Agrippa knows about these things. And then King Agrippa, he speaks up and he says, Paul, do you think you're going to persuade me to become a Christian so soon? And Paul said, King Agrippa, not just you, but everyone listening to my testimony, I pray you would become just like me, a Christian, except without these chains. Incredible boldness. Are there moments when your boldness is arising in your testimony about Jesus Christ in a non-Christian world? Wow. How can we grow? The area of our courage as Christians. How can we become more courageous of a testifier of Jesus as Christians? Oh, the scripture this morning is amazing. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 12. Let's read the passage. Paul says this, from jail in Rome to Timothy and to us. He's mentoring us, so do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who's destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am, yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. Wow, this is such a rich passage. And this morning, what we want to do is give you four ways that Paul gives us that we can increase our courage as bold testifiers of Jesus. And the first is this. If you want to become a courageous testifier of the gospel, number one, I must reject being ashamed You see, one of the biggest temptations that will keep us from boldly testifying about our Lord is the temptation to be ashamed or embarrassed. I remember times when I was a kid, I was embarrassed and ashamed of my parents, the way they dressed. I mean, it's so superficial, but 
I remember them coming to different games, you know, and I'm like, look at the old man. <laughs> and, it, you know, and guess what? As Christians, we can be tempted to feel ashamed of who? Of Jesus, of his church, of the Bible, of the gospel. And, and if you're a person that falls into feeling ashamed of Jesus, there's going to be no bold testifying about Jesus Christ. Look, if you would, there at verse 8. Paul says this. He says, Timothy. See, Paul knew Timothy's tendency to be timid and shy. And Paul says, do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me as prisoner. Now, on the positive side, Paul is calling Timothy to be courageous. Timothy hadn't yet crossed the line of being ashamed, but Paul knew uh, as his mentor that he could be tempted to feel ashamed, and if he did fall into that temptation, his boldness in testifying would just go down the drain. And guess what? The same thing can be our experience in our life, deep down in our hearts. We could be tempted to be and feel ashamed of Jesus. I mean, the greatest example we have of this in the New Testament is Peter, where three times he denied that he even knew the Lord. He was ashamed of Jesus. I'm sure that all of us would say there have been times when we have, we've been ashamed. We've been ashamed of Jesus. We don't like to admit it, but there's times we didn't take a stand. There's times we could have been more vocal. There's times when we were afraid of what people would say, what they would think, what they would do if we took a stand for Jesus if we corrected them when they used that swear word, if we truly invited them to church or whatever, and we, we've just been ashamed. We could be tempted to be ashamed of other Christians, like Paul says in verse 8, so do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. Paul was in prison. And when you're in prison, there's a certain stigma that is attached to that. And Timothy could have been tempted to be ashamed of the apostle Paul, other Christians were ashamed of the Apostle Paul. As a matter of fact, in, Acts, in, in, in the same book, in chapter 4, verse 16, at my first defense, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. Other Christians deserted Paul because they were ashamed of Paul because he was in prison. And guess what? There's times we can be ashamed of other Christians. Hmm. We can be tempted also to be ashamed of the gospel. The, Paul, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.23, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, and foolishness to Gentiles. I mean, the gospel to a Gentile, to someone who's not saved, the gospel is foolishness. I mean, people at work in society, you believe what? And we can, the world thinks the gospel is foolishness, and you're going to go out proclaiming this? And you can feel ashamed of the gospel, and guess what? That'll take your boldness away. We can be ashamed of witnessing. In verse 8, again, do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. The, the Greek word testify is marturian, from which we get the term martyr. How did marturian, that means witness, evolve into martyr? Well, so many Christians were killed for testifying, for witnessing, that the term just moved into being their martyrs. 
point I'm trying to make is this. If we're to grow as a bold testifier of Jesus, we've got to confront something deep in our hearts. We've got to reject the temptation to feel ashamed or embarrassed about Jesus or the gospel or witnessing or the church or prayer or your Bible or even other Christians. You say, how do I reject that temptation? The totality of this message is going to teach us how, but what I want us to understand right now is just the first point. If you're going to grow (laughs) and become a bold testifier, it starts by rejecting being ashamed. You got to reject it. Now, I want us to be honest because I want us to identify that this is a challenge for all of us. It's a challenge for you. It's a challenge for me. And I'd like you to talk about this discussion. Have there been times when you have been tempted to to feel ashamed of the Lord? Go ahead and talk about that at your tables. Go for it. So the Apostle Paul, he's passing on to Timothy these timeless truths, these mentoring truths. And we have to remember, if Paul were with us, if Paul had a one-on-one appointment with you this morning, he'd sit you down and he'd say this to you. He'd say, I don't know everything about your life, but if you name the name of Jesus, if you want to be effective for Jesus, you've got to be courageous. You've got to be full of boldness. There's times you've got to take a stand and you've got to be a courageous testifier of Jesus Christ if you want your life to count. And the way that begins, he's going to share with us four ways, is that you've got to reject this temptation to feel ashamed. But then there's a second way that you grow in this boldness in testifying, and it's this. And it's a real gnarly truth. But it's this, I must embrace suffering. I mean, if you and I are to grow in our boldness in testifying for Jesus, we must be willing to embrace suffering for the gospel. You see, if you and I fear suffering for the gospel, suffering for Jesus, this will greatly reduce our willingness to boldly testify about Jesus. And we need to remember that the Bible teaches that suffering is the expectation We shouldn't be surprised that that we are suffering as Christians for sharing about Jesus. We should be surprised if we're not suffering at all. That should be the surprise. Now, look what Paul says in verse 8. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering. Join Timothy with me in suffering. This is normal Christianity. Remember, Paul was in prison in Rome. Why? He's suffering for preaching the gospel, and he's saying, join me. This is what it means to be a Christian. Now, notice, Paul is not talking about suffering for your sins. Paul's talking about suffering for preaching the gospel, for talking about Jesus. Suffering is what happens to you and me when we live for and testify about the gospel of Jesus Christ in a non-Christian culture. Now, no scripture talks about this more clearly than 1 Peter, so turn to your right real quick and just listen to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 12 to 16 that just talks about what should be the typical experience for us as Christians. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. He's talking about persecution as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ 
so you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or as a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Even back in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 12, and I've given it to you there on your outlines, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, if you live a godless life, a worldly life, you're not going to be persecuted. If you live a godly life, a Christ-like life. So how do we grow into this bold proclaimer of the gospel? We must willingly embrace suffering if suffering comes. It's not like we're looking for it, but we've got to be willing to embrace it and say, okay, Lord, I'll take those shots if they come for taking a stand for you. We must be willing to suffer if it comes from preaching or testifying. So let me share with you some stories to inspire you of Christians that are suffering for Jesus, and it's just come because of their stance for the Lord. Now, some of these, this first picture I want to show you will be very shocking, but this is your sister in the Lord, and her name is Yubelina. She's from Indonesia. I've traveled to Indonesia. It's the highest percentage of Muslims. No, no, stay with the first picture, Yubelina. And... Uh, she, while escaping a Muslim attack on her Christian village in Indonesia, was terribly burnt by these terrorists. But what I love about this beautiful picture is her smile. This is your sister in the Lord. That, yes, I will suffer for Jesus, even, uh, but, but the smile there still. And I look at that, it just inspires me when I see believers like this. And then I look at what, you know, I'm afraid of in our culture, and I just go, Lord, help me to become more bold like these believers. The next picture here is your sister, Asmita, and her husband. There's Asmita and her husband. and her, uh, She's from India, and we, we support many Indian pastors. We, we, we hear about India, we hear about all the growth in Bollywood, but we do not realize the incredible persecution that's taking place of these pastors that we support in India. And so let me just read you one story. This is so typical. But here's her story. Asmita, the wife, says, My children and I ran to the forest where they came, speaking of radical Hindus, but my husband stayed. They burnt, uh, bu bu burst into my house, poured gasoline on my mother-in-law, and set the house ablaze. They dragged my husband out of the house to a spot near a river bridge. A Hindu boy told me later that they dug a shallow grave and asked for my husband to renounce Jesus. When he refused, they began breaking his fingers and then his arms and legs. Each time they asked him to renounce Christ, but he said, I will not forsake my Lord Jesus Christ. They put a Bible on top of him and buried him alive. This is your brother in the Lord who embraced suffering, bold for Jesus, in glory right now. One day you and I are going to be in glory. Will we go as a bold testifier of Jesus? Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying to you and me, he's mentoring us right now. He's saying, be bold for Jesus. Some of you know my dear friend, this next picture, Snowman. 
and he's a Chinese pastor, and you, some of you know his story, but for those of you who don't, you should know it, and here's his story in his own words. I quote him, I was arrested and interrogated by police, thrown into a prison cell where it was very cold. It was 10 degrees outside. The police were unable to get me to deny Jesus, so they took me outside my cell into the snow. They tied me up and hung me upside down from a tree, leaving me to die in the freezing cold. God carried me through the entire night. God gave me strength to endure. Half of the time, I was unconscious. In the morning, the police saw steam coming off my body to their disbelief, thus the name Snowman, as he is known all over China. He said, God gave me the strength to endure. And when I'm around him, I am so inspired, and I say, just Lord, forgive me for my lack of courage. Grow me in this beautiful trait of courage, Lord Jesus. Um, let's go back in history because we could talk about many other stories, but uh, during the Boxer Rebellion, this was 1899 to right there at 1900. Let me just, one, one story here. Extreme nationalists, these Chinese, they marshaled a campaign of terror against uh, Christian missionaries and even Chinese Christians at that time. And after they surrounded a certain uh, mission station, they, uh, they, they, they sealed off the exits except one. And they placed a cross in the dirt in front of the only opened gate and told the missionaries and the students, these are just young people, uh, that anyone who walked out and trampled the cross would be spared. And the first seven students who departed, they trampled on the cross and they were sent on their way. The eighth student a girl. She approached the cross. She knelt down. She prayed for strength, carefully walked around the cross, and was immediately shot to death. The remaining 92 students, strengthened by that girl's courage and example, also walked around the cross to their deaths. Courage. Wow. Every culture, you see, is called to, to be courageous in the midst of how, you know, that culture will dish out suffering and persecution. And every culture is different in the way they express persecution on Christians. We must be willing to, to take our share of hits from our culture if we're going to be bold as Christians. Why should I embrace suffering for the gospel as the norm for my Christian life? It's what we're called to enter into. You look at what Paul said there in verse 8. He says, join with me in suffering for the gospel. Join with me, Timothy, Mark, all of us. And then I love this promise that he gives, by the power of God, which is wonderful. It's a beautiful thing that as we take a stand for the Lord, his power comes upon us in those moments to carry us through like even Snowman testified. Wow. Paul talked about that. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Again, we're talking about how do we grow on our boldness as Christians, as testifiers of Jesus. We've got to reject being ashamed of Jesus. And then we've got to embrace suffering if it comes. I'd like you to talk about that at your tables. Can you share about a time you experienced a form of suffering here in the United States, not like what others are in other countries. That's normative there. 
but there are various types of persecution that we experience here. But can you talk about just a type of experience of suffering that you experienced here for sharing the gospel? Go ahead and take a moment and talk about that. So Paul's mentoring advice for us here is that we should courageously testify about Jesus. And he's telling us how we can do that as we reject any kind of shame, as we also are willing to accept suffering. But the third thing he talks about is I must accept my call, my call. You see, we're to grow as a courageous testifier of Jesus It's only going to happen if I believe that the call that God has placed on my life, me, is to be a bold, courageous testifier of Jesus. You see, Satan would love to speak to you and just say, the call on your life is to be um, a doctor. You're called to be a lawyer. You're called to be a housewife. You're called to be a plumber, a carpenter. You're called to be in the tech world. And we begin to think that what God's given us to make a living is our call. Or the enemy would love to say to you, you know, uh, this thing about being called to be bold, you know, as a testifier, that, that's, that's for guys like Pastor Mark who are paid to do that. That's for missionaries, you know, that go around the world. But for you, no, 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 no. But you, you, you see, if we're to grow in our boldness, we must realize that we have been given a call to be bold. <laughs> Every Christian. And unless you accept that, you will not live up to that. But the more you accept it, the more you will become that. So listen to what Paul says, not only to pastors, but to all believers. In, in verse 8 and 9 and following, he says this. He says, again, do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me as prisoner, but join with suffering me in suffering for the gospel, by the power of God who has saved us, look, plural, us, and called us, plural, to what a holy, live, a holy life, which is a life that's set apart from sin unto Jesus fully. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. What is God's purpose and grace? That the entire world would hear the gospel through us. That's why we have been saved. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality uh, to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, Paul says, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And that's true. Paul was appointed. Those spiritual gifts and offices, a herald and a teacher, an apostle. But guess what? You have been appointed as well. You are called to be, watch this, a bold testifier of the gospel. That is the call of God on your life. Some of you have never maybe thought about that. And maybe that's why, in part, your boldness is not maybe what it could be. But our calling is revealed in the five great commissions in the Bible, and I put them there you know, some of us think, oh, there's just one great commission. No, all the Gospels and even the book of Acts contain a great commission. It's the final charge that Jesus gave you and me. And, and in that charge is a clear call to be bold and testify to the world. And, and look at these. I'll just read them here in Acts 28. Therefore, go. I mean, we're called to go and make disciples. And the first thing you need to do to make a disciple, you've got to evangelize. You've got to talk about Jesus. And then you baptize and train. Uh, 
look at Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the good news. That's, that's for all of us. We're called to preach, testify. We're called to witness. We're to go. That's you. Luke 24, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached, proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses. You are testifiers boldly of these things. John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. You and I have been sent too, just like Jesus was sent, and he came here to testify. We're called to testify boldly. Acts 1.8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses or testifiers in Jerusalem and all Judea and the ends of the earth. How do we grow as a bold proclaimer of the gospel? We've got to realize it's, it's our call to be bold. It's our call not just to testify, but to do so with boldness, to do so with courage. And you know what I've kind of noticed? Um, there comes a point where just the Lord makes this clear to you. The Christian Missionary Alliance calls it your crisis-sanctifying moment. There's this moment of crisis, typically. And it could be right now where you're just like, the Holy Spirit is just like speaking to you. There are those of you in this room that I know personally, and I know your stories, when God just spoke to you in a very powerful way about his call on your life to become courageous for Jesus and a courageous testifier of the Lord. It could have been at a worship service. It could have been just a moment at a retreat or a time when you're reading your Bible. But it's like the call of God became clear to you. For me, that call was synonymous with my salvation. That's not always how it works. But I said, Jesus, if you will save me, I will tell the world about you. I literally said that. And I had no idea. <laughs> Number one, that would mean me becoming a pastor and then having such a missionary heart and literally going around the world proclaiming the gospel. I had no clue that's what it would be. But I started that night proclaiming the gospel. After I became a Christian, right there in that moment, I started sharing the gospel. That night, I shared it. And I've continued to do so. I'm just saying, there comes a point in your life, if you're going to become courageous, that you realize this is the call of God in your life. And you're responding out of that call. And it's a beautiful thing. It's not a forced, not an outside-in thing. It's an inside-out thing. And, and some of you right now, you're shaking your heads. You're like, I got that call. I want you to talk about that right now at your tables. Can you share about the moment when you realize God placed on you his call to boldly, boldly testify about the gospel? Take a moment to talk about that. Our mentoring lesson from Paul is that we are to grow in this area of courage in our lives as we testify about Jesus and Paul's giving us four ways that this can take place in our lives. I must reject being ashamed. I must embrace suffering. I must accept my call. And the last thing he talks about is I must know Jesus. I must know Jesus. The, the principle is this. The more I know Jesus, the more courageously I will testify about Jesus. See, the key to being unashamed about Jesus is to know Jesus. Let's say that you walked up to me not knowing that I was Tracy Tyler's husband. And you said, that Tracy Tyler. I mean, she is a gossip. She doesn't care for people. She never works. She's always on a coffee break. She's lazy. 
watch this, I would boldly and courageously testify about Tracy. You want to know why? Because I know Tracy. And it's the same thing with Jesus. When you know Jesus, you will boldly and courageously talk about Jesus. But if you don't know Jesus, you're going to shy away from talking about him. It's kind of a simple principle. Remember uh, when the apostles, it's Good Friday and then it's Saturday, they saw Jesus crucified. And the Jesus they knew was dead. And so they locked themselves into an upper room out of fear and intimidation. There's no boldness in their life at all. No courage. It's gone. But then all of a sudden, come Sunday, they see Jesus. He's resurrected. And their level of boldness is like off the chart. They're out proclaiming and just testifying. Why? Because the Jesus they knew was raised from death to life. I mean, when you, hate, when you see a guy die, and all of a sudden he's raised to life in front of you, you get kind of excited and bold about testifying and telling the world about Jesus. Here's my question for you. Is your Jesus dead, or is he alive? Do you know him? I mean, if you know him, and he's alive... Be bold. Be bold. Wow. Think about that deeply. To what degree do I really know Jesus? Hmm. This is what Paul is saying to us in verse 12. He says, I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. He's talking about Jesus. I know Jesus. And am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. Paul's saying, the reason I'm bold and I'm unashamed, I know Jesus. He's not saying I know facts about Jesus, although he knew facts. He's talking about personal, experiential knowledge with Jesus Christ. And when you have that kind of relationship with Jesus... It gives you tremendous boldness. The key to becoming a bold proclaimer of Jesus is to know Jesus. There's times, as you know, and you've heard me share many times, that often my environment for testifying is on the golf course. And there's times I can be a wimp on the golf course, but there are many times I'm incredibly bold on the golf course. And the reason for that is this. I'm playing with guys that don't know Christ, but I know these guys don't know my Jesus. And my Jesus can change their life. My Jesus can give them peace. My Jesus can give them purpose for living. My Jesus can totally change their attitude. He can give them everlasting life. And I can be as bold as a lion in certain environments. I could tell you many, many stories. Even just recently, this last week, I'm golfing with guys. They're in their 80s. My heart's going out to them. There's probably some guys here in their 80s here, but I'm like, wow. All they talked about is all their physical problems, you know, the whole time. But they don't know Jesus. And, and I'm like, Lord, make me bold. And so I'm about ready to go into it, and one of the guys just says, Mark, is there any way we could golf again next week? 
And I went, okay, so this isn't just going to be a one-time shot. And I just kind of, okay, all right. They know I'm a pastor. There's been another, so many other times. There's a time I was golfing with an 89-year-old guy, and he was just so foul-mouthed that my heart went out for him. And I finally, I just said, listen, do you know Jesus? And he's just, he went like this. I just said, oh, I get it. I get it, you're hurt. Because I don't want to talk about that. I go, you're getting old. <laughs> I said, you're 89. You're going to die. You need to talk about this. And he kind of just dropped his guard. He didn't receive Christ there, but he could see in my life a boldness. And I'll tell you, when people see boldness in your life, they will listen. Sadly, the last time I played at that course, I went back and I played with another group of guys that told me that that, that guy passed away. Hmm. To know Jesus, you know, is so important. To be, Paul said this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings becoming like him in his death. And it's out of that knowledge that, that you become bold. I'd like you to talk about that at your tables. How has knowing Jesus made you a more bold testifier for Jesus? Take a moment and talk about that. Go for it. Got great news for you. You've got a mentor. You've got someone that cares for you. You're not having to go through life alone. And this book of 2 Timothy, it's like Paul one-on-one with you. He loves you. He's more experienced than you. He sees what you're going to be facing. He has your best in mind as a Christian. And he's given us 15 of these mentoring lessons. And the first was this. You've got to remember what you have in Christ. Remember that? And then you've got to fan into flame the gift of God. Remember that? And then this third piece of advice is this, Timothy. And he's saying to you, to me, you've got to be bold. You've got to be like a courageous, bold testifier of Jesus. Life's short. You want to be effective? It comes down to there needs to be boldness in your life, Timothy. And the way that happens, if you want to become that kind of a Christian, you've got to reject being ashamed of Jesus in your heart. You've got to be willing to embrace suffering. There might come some shots that you're going to take from taking a stand for Jesus. Take the shots. You've got to accept your call to be a bold proclaimer of the gospel. You've got to know Jesus. I mean, really know him because to know him is to be bold for him because he's an amazing savior that changes everything in someone's life when they come to know him. This is great advice. I mean, I don't think any of us, uh, I, I love The Wizard of Oz, you know, as a, I, I thought that was a great movie. Even today I could watch it. None of us still wants to be the what? The cowardly lion. We just don't, you know, as a Christian, it's, it's anti, you know, our, our spirit. It's just not, and guess what? We all fall short, including myself, guys. I'm being totally honest with you. I want to become more courageous. I mean, I'm taking these lessons from Paul, and I'm just like, I, I'm just, every time I study, and I thank you for praying for me on Tuesdays, where I just sit alone with the Lord, and these messages come burning into my heart. And I'm just like, Lord, help me to be more courageous. 
I want to be that for you, and I believe that's what you want as well. And this is an incredibly applicable message because whatever's going on in your life right now, you can apply this like immediately. Having trouble with that teenage daughter or son? Courageously testify about Jesus. Don't know what to say to that neighbor? Courageously testify about Jesus. Wondering what to share with that guy who always talks to you at Bart or in the cafeteria? Courageously testify about Jesus. Don't know what to say to that person when you go to the hospital to visit them and it's kind of awkward? Courageously testify about Jesus. Feel like you don't have a purpose for your life? You do. Courageously testify about Jesus. Now, I want you to notice, Paul is not talking here about being rude or reckless or disrespectful. You do not go to work tomorrow and get on the intercom. (laughs) Hey, I want to make an announcement. That's not what's being talked about. Paul's just talking about appropriately spirit-led boldness. That's what he's talking about. Holy Spirit leading you to be bold, courageous, actually talk. Wow. And the world, the world will stop and stare and admire a Christian who's like that. Oh, they will. They'll write their stories. There's books that are filled with stories of courageous Christians. Fox's Book of Martyrs, one great book. Many others. Look at this, Acts 4.13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they were astonished, and they took note. These men had been with Jesus. When you manifest courage, it shows Jesus when it's spirit-led courage. Larry Walters just was kind of fed up with things. And July 2nd, 1982, he'd had enough. And so he did something that no one could believe he actually would do. Living in Los Angeles, he went into his backyard, and there he just got his lawn chair out, strapped himself into the lawn chair, but also strapped onto that lawn chair 45 balloons, weather balloons filled with helium. And he sat in that chair, and he had three things with him. He had a BB gun to shoot the balloons in case he got too high. He had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in case he got hungry, and he had a beer in case he got thirsty. As he, neighbors and friends watched him take off, he didn't fly 100 feet in the air or 1,000, 15,000 feet into the air, into LAX traffic. They literally had to shut the entire airport down. Can you imagine just flying in an airplane and seeing a dude up there? I just, I love it. boldness, what courage. So finally, when the authorities, you know, get this guy, they're like, why did you do this? And he said this, he goes, you just can't sit around all day. (laughs) Maybe your courage has just been sitting around all day, and maybe for most of your Christian life, And maybe this is the Sunday where you're Paul 
your coach puts his arm around you and says, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. No longer, no sitting around anymore. You become a bold, courageous testifier of Jesus. This is your mentoring lesson for today. You can do it. Told you we've ended each of our messages with a game changer challenge. Here's the game changer challenge. What might God do through you if your prayer around non-Christians becomes, Lord, make me bold? I've been doing this for the last two weeks. What might God do through you if every time you're around non-Christians at work, doesn't matter what environment, on the golf course for me, I start praying, God, make me bold. Holy Spirit, make me bold. Make me bold. What is God going to do through you when you start praying that prayer? I'll tell you my stories when you tell me your stories. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, forgive us for the times we've been ashamed or embarrassed of you, Lord, and all of us have, including myself. Grant that we would become your courageous testifiers, Jesus. <laughs> Let us reject being ashamed. Let us embrace suffering. Let us accept our call. Let us know you, Jesus, that we become these courageous testifiers of our Lord that we so desire. What might you do through us, Lord, if we go around every time we're around non-Christians saying, Lord, make me bold, make me bold. Thank you that Paul, our mentor, said we can do all of this by the power of God who has saved us and called us. Make us bold, Lord. All God's people said.